0: You're listening to Were You Still Talking? Hey, welcome back. This is Joel Albrecht, and you are listening to Were You Still Talking? As the intro probably said. Today in my studio, okay, not my studio yet. Hopefully we'll get back to that someday, but on the Zoomio, I have Andrew Monroe. He's an independent writer with a semi-successful book, A Leaf and a Pebble and a bucket of expert experience in the startup world. He helped run an internet service provider in the WISP industry, which I didn't know what was, but now I do, because I looked it up. Uh, And he grew that to over $4 million a year in revenue before he decided to do something else. His book hasn't topped the charts yet, but it was only published at the very end of 2019, so it will soon. Apart from writing the next book, Andrew spends a fair amount of time as a marketing expert for his company, Ax & Bow also very interesting. He's also uh, led an adventure-filled life, climbing dozens of buildings, peaks and everything in between, earning multiple Spartan race trifectas, which is not an easy thing to do, and even placed in the top 20 at a Spartan sprint in Dallas. He's been an avid fitness enthusiast. He's even experimented a little with biohacking. He's a background. Uh, he has a background education in global affairs with a minor in Japanese that probably didn't help with the russian podcast he just did and too much time playing tennis wait too much time playing tennis wow you how do you spend too much time doing tennis when you're doing all the other thing anyway he was raised in the texas panhandle he's from amarillo texas we were just starting to talk about that town andrew how you doing really nice to see you on the podcast
1: hey thank you so much for having me i love coming on and you have probably the most professional setup I've seen yet, so this is going to be fun. Thank I'm you. I'm good. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty hot down here in Amarillo. Uh, I was driving back to my house and thinking about just how badly I want to get a summer home that is not in Texas. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it is. You can't go to the grocery store without having to come home and shower. But, oh, you know.
0: yeah. I spent some time. I spent a summer in Arkansas when I was a weed lad, and I remember that. It, oh, ab- yeah. Yeah. It, Arkansas they,
1: actually can get hotter here despite them not being as far south they uh they average like 100 and above so sorry about your childhood
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> well it was it was fun for a minute and, it, and uh yeah humid really humid so that you could not get dry like which I'm sure you are experienced like you take yeah, a shower is, and you're this just is my wet. third shirt today uh, yeah <laughs> and it's, it's not 3 p.m <laughs> wow well I'll just try and yeah. uh Get the get the heat from your end because it's not warm here yet. (laughs) Well, y'all get there. Also,
1: thank you for that intro. I I almost sound interesting. (laughs) Not quite there yet, but we'll get there.
0: Everyone's Um, interesting. That's what I'm finding out having a podcast. I had no idea I'd be talking to so many people, and you know, everyone has a just an amazing story. It's quite something. That's awesome. That is the way
1: to look at it. There's a there's a word for that. It's called well, maybe not exactly for that, but have you heard the word "sonder"?
0: so yes i have
1: yeah it that is uh, whenever you dig into it i love that word it's that's it's about how interesting
0: yeah mm-hmm. you mean like sonder down the road no that's not it <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, sonder i think it's s-o-n-d-e-r
1: mm-hmm. uh, if you're ever in new mexico there's actually a restaurant i believe called that in santa fe which is this big art town and everything like that george oh, arbor yeah. lives there um
0: I haven't been to Amarillo, but I have been to Santa Fe and I, I, and I've been to, um, Taos or Tejos or however Mm -hmm. people pronounce it. And I actually have some land outside of there that is probably just going to sit, but, uh, yeah, I love it. If you've
1: got land in New Mexico, you're, you're a skip away from Amarillo. It's a four hour drive, which is as close as anything. Is it really? Yeah. um, Oh, I didn't realize. (laughs) Wow. Amarillo's closest, uh metropolitan i guess you'd call the santa fe kind of tight in terms of its size but it's a big city and and how it feels <laughs> now you've got oklahoma city four hours one way and mm-hmm. santa fe four hours the other way and then dallas five and a half hours the other way so that's oh, okay. that's as close as amarillo gets to anybody that has a sizable population
0: Santa Fe does feel like a big city, and it does. it's really not a big city. It's, it's not. They, they fake it really well. <laughs> they do. They do a really, really good job of that. It's like, it must be the original gentrified city. <laughs> it's, like, it's very we, interesting.
1: Yeah, them in uh, Marfa, Texas, they've got that same thing where you have a bunch of people with some money came in, and they're like, look, we're now artists everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And it makes it's, it feel like things are happening.
0: It does. They have artists everywhere, and and surrounded by you know the original americans mm-hmm. which is yeah it's quite it's, it's pretty amazing place i really mm-hmm. like it there cool little dichotomy going on <laughs> yeah so um one thing i wanted to ask is there armadillos in armarillo
1: not as many as you would think with that you know what would be a really cool way to say amarillo armadillos uh-huh. uh, i think i've seen two ever
0: oh really yeah well that's and more it, than I've it, seen. It's a cause for
1: excitement. Yeah. <laughs> the zoo
0: has them? I've seen them in zoos. I think I've seen one before and I know it wasn't out in the desert. So,
1: yeah. I think our zoo has armadillos. We have a really small zoo though. Uh, I've, seen, I've seen a couple rolling by and they look pretty cool. We used to have a baseball team called uh, the Dillas, which was the armadillos and then shortened into Dillas. I think it was baseball. It could have been hockey, honestly. I'm not even sure. It's been a while but no we don't have a lot of them we have a lot of rattlesnakes and doves and pigeons <laughs> that's about the
0: wildlife <laughs> oh a lot of rattlesnakes there's a lot of rattlesnakes in eastern oregon i still have only seen one rattlesnake in my life which is uh, bizarre because there's a lot of rattlesnakes in oregon and i lived in california for 11 years there's a mm-hmm. lot of rattlesnakes in california the only one i ever saw was in griffith park in the middle of la it really it was yeah it was bizarre it seems- Populated. What the heck? Yeah, it's it is populated, but it's like central. Well, it's even more isolated than Central Park. It's just it's a pretty big area, um, so there's a lot of wildlife and a lot. But I didn't expect to see a rattlesnake there. I saw no. this. I like snakes, so I saw this big black snake slithering along, and I, I like got closer because it was huge, and I noticed a big rattle on the back. I was like, <laughs> All right, you go on. You go on ahead. Yeah. I'll just I'll hang back. We'll pass on this one. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to get bet by
1: those things. They That's what I hear. It's a bad day. I've bad. I've not been yeah. bit. I would be very unhappy. But I yeah. follow some guys that have shown me how imperceptive I might be when it comes to snakes. So they're in this area and I'm in the same boat. I've I've seen maybe five rattlesnakes my whole life. Mm-hmm. And they were very major experiences for me. But these guys will go out. And they just take pictures of all these snakes. They run around looking for snakes. And every single time they post a picture and then they say there's a snake in there and I have no idea. You can't see it in the picture if you're just casually looking. And then they zoom in and sure enough, there's a rattlesnake. So oh, from what man. they are saying, and the, the point of it is that you are actually seeing snakes all of the time, but they're just still and they're so well camouflaged that people like you and I just don't even see them we We walk within feet of them, and they just hang out and they do their thing, and we never even see them. So
0: that's it's probably really made me
1: scared <laughs>
0: uh, that's funny i've got I used to live in l a so we would go to Joshua tree Park um whenever we could. It's not very far, and uh, tons of rattlesnakes. I mean, they have rattlesnake mornings everywhere. Never saw Ugh. a rattlesnake there, but probably walked by dozens of them, you know, that's what's just, scary
1: to think about yeah. it
0: is. Is they they just, just figured I was far enough away.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they're like, yeah, they're "Leave the leave that guy alone." We're good to go. <laughs>
0: we're good. He's way mm-hmm. over there. So you uh, have your first book that just came out. Um, I had the name right on the corner of my tongue. Oh, you're good. It's it was, a leaf it was, and pebble. A leaf, and and it is a novel. It's not. Uh, it's it's not about marketing. It's not about. Mud, being a mutter, It's, uh, it's actually a, a novel and a fan, um, like fantasy world book, right?
1: That's correct. Yeah. So I know that that seems a little confusing with my, what looks like my background, but I actually started the book while I was still in school, uh, in college specifically. So mm-hmm. it's just what I read and it's what I actually like to do. The whole marketing and all of that kind of stuff, uh, that came from Life happening, I guess you could say. Those were things that were almost thrust upon me.
0: Okay. And sure.
1: I, while sure. that was happening, I was still writing. So the book just took a lot longer to get under my belt than some of the more pressing needs of, you know, making bills happen and that kind of stuff.
0: Right. Right. But, and so, and you have your own marketing company still. That's you're still, right. You're still doing that as you write more books.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, so right now I'm actually blessed with a lot of free time, Uh, Mm -hmm. not free time necessarily, but a lot of freedom to pursue my own activities. So I left the the internet agency, it was called Plains Internet. So I left that with an equity payout, which is how I am writing full time and was able to start up my own marketing company. You know, I had, I had equity and therefore was able to translate that into (laughs) <laughs> taking larger risks than uh-huh. I would have been more comfortable with if I was just working
0: on a salaried position. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. That's always uh, that's the advantage of being with a company earlier on. So I said in my uh, I said in in my intro that I was going to have you explain what a WISP is. <laughs> so Actually, I can do that. Yeah. What tell people what that is because that that's so, interesting. So
1: a WISP is you know it stands for wireless internet service provider and it's actually a really cool concept on how to get your internet and it's also really not well known as you probably said and up in you know Oregon you guys have a lot of trees and a lot of elevation changes that wisps are not going to be nearly as prevalent as they are maybe in the south and you know some of the more flat areas of the U- US and other parts of the world i think one of the actually bigger providers is based out of uh, israel strangely enough but what you do is you take fiber or whatever your internet line is, you know, Mm -hmm. however you're, I'm trying to keep this as basic as I can. So excuse me.
0: No, appreciate
1: it. (laughs) You take that source of internet and you take it in a wholesale sense. So if you go to whatever your local provider is and you get internet, they're not actually giving you a direct line to their, so to say, resources of internet. They're giving you a piece of something that they've already cut into a bunch of pieces and they're giving you access to one of those pieces. So you can get a direct line from one of these big guys or from, you know, a third tier level that's not even that big guy that you might recognize, but who provides the big guy in your neighborhood with internet. Mm -hmm. You go to them and you say, hey, I want some of that wholesale internet. I want the big stuff. And so you pay whatever for this connection, you know, a few hundred dollars or a few thousand dollars more than likely for a gig, you know, one gig of internet. And Right. Where most people get confused is like, hey, I have a gig from Google or Suddenlink or Warner Brothers, you know, whoever's doing it. They're like, I paid $100 for my gig. Why are you paying $5,000 for a gig? And that's that's the piece thing. You're paying to get a piece of a gig that everybody else can get a piece of, and it, there's all kinds of weird stuff. So
0: right. These these right.
1: Wisps get that piece of the gig, and they pipe it up into a tower, and then they go out to underserved communities or just places that the monopoly's gotten so bad that, you know, I have a friend that hit me up just a couple days ago. He's got AT&T and he was like, Hey, I need internet. I'm moving in with my parents for a few months. They have AT&T and they have one megabyte of internet.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: and, I was, oh. And, and this is, this is oh, central man. Amarillo. He's, he's wow. in, his parents have a half million dollar home and they, they've got nothing for internet and they don't care because they're, they're retired and you know, the whole thing. But yeah, a lot care? of people don't want that, and that's yeah. their only option. So places where Monopoly or just Underserved or whatever, a WISP will come in, and they use different technology to shoot internet. It almost looks like a satellite dish, but it's horizontal instead of vertical, and they'll shoot it all over the place and give you a lot better internet for a lot cheaper than most of the big guys will provide you because it's generally a company that's going to be you know, less than 10 employees or you know, less than a couple hundred thousand dollars in revenue every month Mm -hmm. or year, excuse Mm -hmm. me. So the one I've left um, that I helped start up and we ran with, that was one of the bigger ones actually out there, but it it helps that we're in Texas where (laughs) there's nothing. You can, you can do these wireless jumps all over the place. So in a nutshell, that's what a WISP is, is it's a, a startup company or usually a small company is a better way to put it, that has some IT guys that circumvent the whole, whole internet provider world and help you using some pretty fancy cutting edge technology to give you a better connection than you might get from a big
0: box supplier. Interesting.
1: interesting. Long answer for uh, yeah. something
0: that a lot of people probably won't care much about. Oh, <laughs> well, you never know. It's, yeah. a, it's surprising what people find interesting. Well, my <laughs> Some big people, thing you know, it's... some people, when they're listening to this podcast, they're just trying to get to sleep. Uh, hey, but... I've got a good voice <laughs> just... for that. My Exactly. You know,
1: <laughs> there's yeah. been many girls that have left me that <laughs> could fall asleep listening to me talk.
0: <laughs> so, I don't care why people listen. It's, it's fun. <laughs> yeah, viewers are viewers. What, whatever, exactly. <laughs> Get those subs. Whatever works. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> no, I, I really do hope a lot of people, despite me having left. You know, I I can't gain anything more from the Wisp or anything mm-hmm. like that. It's still. It was nice working for a company that I was actually able to like truly care about because it was. You'd have these people that were getting been over a fence by these guys you know they want two hundred dollars a month for a meg of service and we can wow. come in and give it to them for 50 bucks and 10 times their speed and people need the internet uh i've done yeah, a lot of talks that's... on it so i won't go too deep but right. there's a lot of old people that live out on a ranch or you know they're just they're homebound and the way they keep up with their grandkids they keep up with their family they get medicine they get help it's through the internet and, well, and right
0: now it's how people yeah. are getting school
1: exactly it's gonna look like it looks like they're gonna Mm -hmm.
0: keep getting school that way Mm -hmm. in some places for a while so Mm -hmm. it suddenly became you know far more important we are really lucky where we are we have a big eagle a big evil company that has a ton of speed because who are you with comcast okay
1: yeah they're one of the big guys
0: yeah they're what I really hate about them is there's no choice. I mean, no. y- you can have Comcast or I could get my internet through T-Mobile or something. You know, <laughs> yeah, I you could, could get just some get wire. Yeah. I could data. just get cellular data, mm-hmm. which at this point would be enough because again, we have, for some reason, they've outfitted this area with some really fast internet. Um, and I used to, I gripe about Comcast all mm-hmm. the time, but when I look at it now, they actually, the internet service has become really cheap because I get 400 uh, megabytes for, you know, what I was paying for 50. You mm-hmm. know, when, when I could only get 50, I was paying the same price as I'm paying now for 400. And they just, basically, I think what's happening, this is total conjecture mm-hmm. on my part. I think they're building it out for more people because they know mm-hmm. this area is going to grow. And I think they keep building it out for more uh, customers. And so for the time being, there's all those customers aren't hitting it. So it's still really fast.
1: Well, and um, they'll probably... You know, You'll have two different things that will happen in that case. So they're they're doing two different preps. One, they're getting money. So there's a bunch of grants that have gone through the government pretty recently, like within the last few years, that if they provide service to some, you know, if you aren't within the direct metropolitan area, they -hmm. will get money for giving you internet. So you're paying them, you know, let's say 50 bucks a month. Um, The government's also paying them $50 a month to give you that internet. And it's covering all the infrastructure costs for them, as long as they do the build out. And so they'll hire the build out from somebody and the government pays for it. (laughs) uh... (laughs) And then
0: they get money to get
1: your money. So So it's why the big guys are
0: screwy. Nobody but you saw that face. (laughs) (laughs) It hurts. It hurts. (laughs) Uh, I I mean, they've already been sued, but they keep up the practice. Both the phone company, uh, phone company, I don't have a a
1: million dollar fine and they're done. (laughs) Yep. Because (laughs) they're
0: also also (laughs) charging us for taxes they don't pay. Mm hmm. They're charging Maybe. us for local city and and uh, local pa- taxes that they then then can uh, have a deal with the cities and the and the states that yep. they don't pay that because mm-hmm. otherwise we we won't be here you know whatever that deal is but they were sued and they keep charging it they didn't change well, yeah, what they charge
1: they can pay the fine for let's say it's twenty million dollars awesome they'll make that from your city in a
0: month (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) from one city and they're everywhere and i mean my biggest complaint about comcast is there's no competition Uh, i think i said that at the beginning but enough about that junk Uh, let's talk more about you (laughs) sounds great i can go on about internet all day it's it's pervasive (laughs) it's interesting yeah and it is um you know it's a really interesting subject because most people i think don't know about it And you just you pay your bill like it's you pay your bill, and and you don't really think about it. And there's an awful lot to it. Um, I mean, at least people at least we're not being spied on over the internet or anything like that. So you know that's good. And and then we the patriarch was only like 15 years ago. Surely
1: they gave up on that by
0: now. You know that? Yeah. Come on. I mean, they they sent that guy to Russia, so we don't need to talk about that anymore.
1: Now there's at least four guys on this podcast.
0: (laughs) It will. Yeah, it, that's a whole another thing, but this is public, so um, mm-hmm. I'm not supposed to care. <laughs> I'm not supposed to care. Oh, but I did want to ask, before we got off mm-hmm. that subject, mm-hmm. um, is what Tesla's trying to do kind of similar to a giant wisp? He's trying to do satellite internet? Sort of.
1: And so I love Elon Musk, and I know that's somewhat controversial for some people. Uh so sorry. <laughs> oh I no, like that's what his...
0: sells podcasts. Oh, right. Yeah, like nobody pays for the podcast. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, I forgot about that. Damn it. <laughs> he uh he's doing something a little bit of a mix, and it's really cool. Mm-hmm. If he pulls it off, it's really cool. And I think he will because the guy's a madman, and that's that's why I like him. Is he's not a nice person, I don't think, but he has some drive that I wish I had. So you have satellite internet, which I'm sure you actually have access to out at your place but it's, it's terrible internet and it's overpriced. But what he's doing is satellite internet, but he's doing it low orbit. And that's really hard to do because, and to really understand it, it gets really technical. So I won't get into that, but the solutions to make internet good from satellite are really hard to make happen. And to do that, he's sending up multiple satellites. I don't know if you've seen the stars, like the Starlink train, we had pictures of it. We saw
0: it here in Eugene. Oh, cool! Yeah, we had a UFO sighting. There yeah. was there was well, thousands what... of reports of this UFO, mm-hmm. th- and you know every and the, the paper had pictures of it. Mm-hmm. And within a few hours, they were like, "Oh, that was Elon Elon Musk." That was...
1: <laughs> it's funny he didn't tell anyone because I saw the same thing. Everybody was like UFOs, and he's like, "Oh, by the way, that's me." I
0: right. They're now active. <laughs> <Those> were... <laughs> oh, okay, cool, cool. Well, <laughs> I can see takes. why he wants to keep his secrets about <laughs> something like that. It's a pretty big project. Yeah, um, it's really yeah. cool
1: though. So, instead of doing one, he's doing multiples and that changes the technology where the internet's actually viable to use for anything, you know, beyond emails. So, first it's a lot lower than other satellites and then it's using a whole bunch of different satellites to give you better internet without going into the hardcore stuff about it. But okay. essentially latency is the biggest problem where, you know, you and I are talking over internet if you have really bad latency, that's where you get that really bad chop. And if you're watching a video, it buffers really hard and sometimes it just drops out entirely. That's the big problem with satellite. And He's fixing that problem by essentially getting some really smart people and throwing ridiculous amounts of money at them and then spending ridiculous more amounts of money to get things up in space. So short term, he is he's going to be in what a normal company could not handle in terms of uh, the red. But he is able to... Use whatever the hell charisma he's got. Yeah, I that don't, allows I him. I know be what it is. A twenty-year payoff, <laughs> right? So he
0: doesn't care about being in the red. I mean, his no. uh, car company. I don't know if it it made profit one year. I don't know if that's still true. Uh, I,
1: th- I <laughs> think <laughs> they made co- uh, they made profit one quarter. I think, I think but one quarter I think there was a quarter that they broke even. Right,
0: but I'm his not stock sure. just keeps shooting up. Yeah, it they're at like fourteen hundred dollars a share yeah. right now. It's absolutely <laughs> nuts and. Uh, yeah. Wow. But that's the uh, world. That, something
1: that's the world. Uh, I want to roll by you since we were talking about the government stuff. Have you watched Hamilton recently with Disney Plus?
0: I uh, feel so fortunate that I did not... I spent a long time, I guess it's four years, Yeah, watching as little about Hamilton as possible because I wanted to see it one day. Okay. I, you know, I really want... I like, I want to see this play. Oh, absolutely. Or, you know, because I, I figured it would come... Uh, Broadway shows come through here because we have a nice mm-hmm. theater. So generally the traveling show comes through or it comes to Portland, which is not that far. So I just, I'm like, I really would like to see the whole production. So yes, I watched that the 3rd, I guess it was July 3rd. Yeah. And to do it because I, um, Disney Plus cannot show, it won't come up. I don't have a device to show it on my television. So I had my computer <laughs> and my, uh, and a dock on the computer plugged into a, um, HDMI port. Sure. It looked pretty silly, but wow! Yes. Anyway, so I I'm saw just, it, blown I'm ready away. Ready for a revolution after like, watching it
1: myself. <laughs> yeah,
0: just really blown away. <laughs> and I, you know, I see all. Of course, immediately people come out with all the critic, uh, critic, criti- criti- criticizing it, and it, that's not how it really happened. And what's oh, he know? And that's a, only white people. That's one of the big things I saw: only white people watch that show.
1: I don't I care haven't what seen any of that.
0: <laughs> you're really, I, yeah, I've seen a, a bit of it, and um, it, it's just nuts. I mean, to me, that is one of the uh, best pieces of art I've seen in a long time. Um, I'm exactly. like, I'm, it's for me, it's like watching football. When I watch football, it's like I will never, I could never do that, and will never be able to do that. But I appreciate, you know, those athletes that can. It was the same with this. It's like the the talent to. First of all, to write it, but then Mm -hmm. all that talent on that stage performing it is just mind-boggling, and the musicians unfortunately don't even get any credit. (laughs) No, they
1: don't. (laughs) At the very end, they're like, "Oh, by the way, uh, those guys are down here. Yeah, yeah. look, look, you see the guys we (laughs) hired. Exactly, they did some work too. (laughs) Say thanks. All right,
0: bye. Yeah, yeah. It's always the case, but yeah, loved it. As a
1: writer, I was talking about that today with my cousin. Actually, he. Both talking about Hamilton, I was like, "How, how does someone write something like that and then perform it as well? I just don't even understand that level of art."
0: It's I don't either. And now that I've seen it, I mean, like I say, I, I resisted mm-hmm. watching a lot of interviews. So now I really want to see um, see him describe his how he r- wrote it, and because I think he wrote it pretty quick. I mean, I, that's what really? I've heard is that he wrote it pretty fast. So I'm very curious how much he. You know, how many times he rewrote it and how, how like, if there were other people involved. How when much it,
1: cocaine he was on.
0: Yeah, maybe like, that too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Something I can't imagine he slept. <laughs> and some people just don't seem to sleep. I don't think Elon Musk sleeps. Um, no. Some people don't seem to need mm-hmm. sleep. Uh, and also some people, I mean, and you're one of these people. Some people are just on all the time. I mean, you do a lot of extreme sports and... Um, and like crazy activities. What, what are they called? I read it in my, the, um, Um, the obstacle course races. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Those are extreme. (laughs) And then you also are climbing buildings and, and rocks (laughs) and things like that. Trying to fall off of things.
1: No, that's fun. I I sleep so much (laughs) though. That's, I see people like, Lin Manuel Miranda and Elon Musk. I'm like, how do I get on that level? And it it honestly eats me up. Like I'm I don't want this to be a sad podcast, but it <laughs> it causes me no shortage of bad feelings towards myself because you know ten o'clock rolls around or nine thirty and I'm in bed and <laughs> it it is tough for me to get up before seven thirty. I want like nine to ten hours of sleep, and these guys are functioning on two hours. It's I don't get it.
0: <laughs> it, I don't get it either. Um, I think... I honestly think, and this is from a, um amateur podcaster's point of view, that uh, there's something different about their brain. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I'm having someone on in a couple of days who is on the autism spectrum, and I'm going to ask her about this. I, I think that it's just like, my, like uh, Da Vinci, you know, mm-hmm. um, like uh, even Benjamin Franklin, uh, Hamilton. I think there's something that's not the same as most of us. Uh, I think the same thing about professional athletes, you know, because mm-hmm. professional athletes, it takes an incredible amount of physical skill to even think, to even get there at all. But it also takes an amazing amount of um, um, drive. You know, you, mm-hmm. the skill's not gonna do it. You've got yeah. to have that. It's like a, uh, the people who become bodybuilders, they are physical freaks but also they're mental freaks because Mm -hmm. to take that much steroids first of all and be okay with it and not react to it you know (laughs) there's something different about them Mm -hmm. physically that they're able to do that and then you can't get that big or that fast or whatever Mm -hmm. without an incredible amount of work you know just an amazing amount of work and um but I did want to say that sleeping is really important. More and more sleep studies are coming out every year saying <laughs> Americans are in big trouble. You got to sleep. So it's yeah. good. Good that Most you sleep. Most of us sleep. need it. <laughs> Most of us need it. Yeah. The the average person, it's a really, a really good thing. And it's only going to help recover from uh, when you're doing uh, mudders and climbing mountains and things like that. It's why you're able to do it again.
1: There's a book that goes with that spectrum theory that actually kind of supports that. It's homo deuce if you've read it or I've heard of it it's a really it's a dense book it it took me a while to get through because i had to pause and be like All right, i need to think about this i need to look up some words you know the whole thing uh-huh. and uh-huh. that's what he talks about though is that being on that spectrum was actually an evolutionary benefit because you could you could dig into some kind of subject or survival skill or hunter gatherer or and you know Building electric cars or you know a social media platform, and he pointed out a lot of different people. he's like, "Look at these people. they're on the spectrum. You can't make that kind of mental leap following that kind of discipline without having something abnormal or in his case, he was like, that's actually a benefit like it's a it's a post human almost skill to follow through with a task like that because people like you and I we just doesn't matter how much coffee you have we get bored and we grind down to a halt without entertainment and other pursuits and that kind of stuff we i know i can't i cannot go to the gym for nine hours even if i had all the steroids and everything in the world but i i want to do other things i want to go see the movies i want to play video games want to read books like you got to have something different with your brain to be able to punch into something that long and that hard
0: yeah that's it's very true. That's one of the mm-hmm. things that always amazes mm-hmm. me, and I could totally see where, because um, Elon Musk has no social skills, right? So it, it really makes sense that you know his brain works differently than other people's brains. It's mm-hmm. and it's it sounds like it's on all the time. It's the same with um, uh, Bill Gates. You know, mm-hmm. I've seen interviews with the, where his wife comes in and says, "Yeah, he never turns off. He's oh, yeah. he's supposedly mm-hmm. retired now, and he's working still working just as hard. He's still trying to do as much." You know, it's such a like, good example it, of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did you this... watch
1: that Netflix special uh about Bill Gates?
0: Oh, I've watched some of it. It's like uh 10 episodes, isn't it? It's I Is that no, what you're I talking didn't about? It. Okay. I have was... I've watched a couple of them and it I I have real problems with Bill Gates. Uh, oh, really? Yeah.
1: You're in the wrong area to be having problems it with was... Bill Gates.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not the I, only one. I mean, I
1: hear he employs a lot of people uh, up
0: there. <laughs> he did. Well, that's way up there. That's way oh, north okay. of here. Yeah, he does. It, he and it's not him anymore. Oh, um, that's fair.
1: He's doing yeah. his fundraisers and I, I just nonprofits
0: from everything I know about him, <laughs> um and you know all the um, the two movies that came out about him. He the, he got where he was by doing really mean things. And, oh yeah, he was. You he know, was not it's a, nice. <laughs> he, he was not a nice guy. It was kind of. It's kind of like Dale Carnegie. I mean, Dale Carnegie just stepped over the world to become one of the richest people in the world at that time, and then started giving all his money away when he retired. And mm-hmm. Bill Gates seems very much the same. I'm, gr- I think it's great that he's giving all his money away and become a, a philanthropist, and he's, you know, got billions of dollars to give away. It's just that how he got the the amount of companies he destroyed mm-hmm. to get there. I mean, he literally would destroy small computer companies just because. You know that might cut into one percent of his sales. Yeah, so and he would just bury him. And it's so terrifying that's, that you that's can do that. What I think is not cool. <laughs> no, <And laughs> it's like right, I, it's, I mean, I mm-hmm. it's like Amazon, but I would be. You know, it's the same with uh, Apple, but I like Apple products better.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> any of those big guys, they there's no way they got there without hurting a lot of smaller guys. Yeah, And they still do. Yeah, you, you know, and they still you, do. Yeah, if you get them yeah. even close, they have so much money, they'll just tie you up. Yeah. If they don't want to buy you out, it's like, "Oh, we could buy them for a million. We could just ruin them for 500,000 though." So, bottom dollar.
0: Yeah, that's what's sad. Is that yeah, mm-hmm. if, if a small company has a really good idea, mm-hmm. then yeah, it's going to go two ways. Either you're going to say you're going to, you know, someone's going to come along and buy you, whether it's Google or Apple or Microsoft, mm-hmm. or yeah, they're going to come along and say, "You're stepping on our patent." Mhm. No yeah. or not, oh, yes, you are. try yeah, and prove you you're fly not just
1: under the radar long enough to get really successful, <laughs> yeah, exactly before they can get
0: you. or you have to or you have to just uh let your idea go when they come along, I guess mm-hmm. uh luckily, I don't have any good ideas like that, so it's <laughs> yeah. not a big good problem. thing for us thing <laughs> for We're such you know <laughs> uninspired people <laughs> uh, well, you are pretty inspired, you do mm-hmm. quite a bit of stuff. uh, you wrote a book, for instance. Um what motivated you to write the book? This oh, is- I just I read a lot. Yeah. I've I was that kid that everybody
1: hated in school because he always had his nose on a book and knew all the answers from uh, the English class. But at some point I just wanted to tell my own stories and wanted to take a crack at it. So I spent eight years trying to write a book. And it was a really fun process. There's a lot of painful parts, but once I actually finished, I was like, Oh, that's that's really cool. I want to keep going because it's like its own little drug finishing a book. Uh, I think I heard a quote from somebody that writing wasn't fun and editing wasn't fun, but having a finished book is where the fun's at. So you just, you do all the other stuff because suddenly you get that, you know, endorphin rush from having done something like that.
0: Oh yeah. That's really interesting. Hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I could see that. It's kind of like rehearsal rehearsing a play is not fun either, but being in a play is awesome. Yeah. And and, and
1: telling everybody yeah. you were on the play or getting that afterwards, they're like, you did such a good job. You're like, yes, I did. And you, you know, you're humbly you're like, no,
0: no, it was, it was a team effort. But deep down, you're like, yeah, that was me. <laughs> I did that. Yeah. yeah. So eight years writing a book, that takes some commitment. Did you have, did you have like uh, um, a time you put aside every day? Did you write a thousand words a day? Did you like... Go in the desert and do peyote or, you know, what was your, what, well, what was it, your writing? <laughs> How did you get that done?
1: I wish I was more like the, uh, the people we were just talking about, because I am as far off from that spectrum as you can get in terms of discipline. Uh, so it, it would swing in waves. I would work semi hard for a few months and then I would just drop off. It would it would disappear and I would make up other stuff to write about. You know, I'd come up with a new thing to write or some other creative outlet that excused me not working on the book itself in general i would if i was being good i guess you could say i would work at lunch um i would do before morning i'm sorry let me try that again i would do before work started in the morning i'd Mm -hmm. usually have a coffee and you know go to the coffee shop at 7 a.m and get what i hoped would be an hour of writing but usually it ended up being 20 or 30 minutes by the time i actually got to it And then I would usually take lunch as well, and just I'd have a packed lunch, and I would go down into a basement at this place I was working, or depending on the job, I'd disappear wherever I could at lunch, and write. Uh, And it would go on and off for a few years, and then you know a few months I would be on really well, and I'd get five hundred to a thousand words a day um, Mm -hmm. for thirty days, and then I would disappear on the writing project for two months, and then when I worked with the internet company, it was a lot more time consuming and I didn't touch it for almost a year straight at first because we were so busy from there I, I started getting a little bit more flexible with my time and creating more time and I would work on it again in the mornings or in the evenings whenever I got off and just try and set a immediately before or after work where I would go to the coffee shop or something that was able to you know kind of trigger that habit and sit down and get 500 words down so it was just kind of a an on and off habit at 500 words every hour or so once a day, every other day.
0: That's pretty amazing to do that for eight years. I'm actually, I saw in your um, resume that you like coffee. So I'm having a coffee and hey, there you go in your honor. I'm a big <laughs> fan of coffee Thanks. myself. Yeah.
1: You guys have some great Love coffee in stuff. Northwest. We do. It's mm. true. Well, I mean, we
0: get it from uh, Guatemala and, Oh, yeah everybody's stuff like that South but America, yeah, there's some <laughs> amazing roasters the stuff we drink is local Eugene roaster, so um, that's cool. It's nice that you have so many roasters, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome. um now I lost my train of thought, oh, keeping it up for eight years is an incredible discipline, I think that's um that's that's really commendable i mean um i have I've been in movies that took more than eight years to make small no budget movies. And I, I'm just amazed uh, at the producers that kept it, you know, kept grinding at it, um, for that long. I think it's really hard to do. Um, oh, thanks. I'm always amazed. <laughs> always amazed by that. Uh, and you're working on more books. You've got more.
1: Sure. Uh, I'd,
0: coming up. Uh, so are, d- are you doing a sequel? To yeah, the I'm working leaf on a sequel pebble right or? now. Uh huh. Oh, you are.
1: Yeah. Okay. Sorry to cut you off there. Uh, yeah, I'm working on a sequel to leaf and pebble. It's, so I kind of already was working on it whenever I published the first book. I'd gone too far in the writing process and realized that I had too many words for a a book. So I just started a sequel. And, then, you know, that's all fantasy. We all have to have sequels because what else do we do with our lives? <laughs> just like so George Lucas. I, he's he's a, you know, he's on that spectrum. <laughs> he's doing his own thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> so I'm working on that. And then I actually have a friend who helped edit my book and for whatever reason he didn't have the same response that that you had. He was like, oh, this looks easy. Let, I'm gonna do one. <laughs> so we're writing a book together and it's more on that the startup side that we talked about and the marketing everything. And it's less about marketing and startup. It's more about working within a business and moving up in a business and how to balance your social life and your career life and all the different things we've seen is, you know, managing people and all the stuff that you miss whenever you're coming into a company because Mm -hmm. I'm 29, the first few years of my career, I was just like, this sucks. I'm, I'm doing whatever. These guys are out to get me. And you know, I, I did what everybody does. So whenever I down the road was, you know, helping run this company, I was like, Oh, I get it now. I see it. And, and I saw it with those guys that were coming in. I was like, Oh, they're just like I was. And that is so frustrating as somebody that's trying to get them to work with you. And so I have a friend that was doing the same thing and we just started writing a book that was started off as a business development and turned into this kind of personal experience of ours working and living and how to do life. Oh, cool. Yeah. So that's, that's there's great. two at once. So we'll see which one actually does well.
0: <laughs> that's nice though. It's mm-hmm. good to, good to put out more material, yeah. put out more it's stuff. Fun. Yeah. You tend to do better. And yeah, It um, gives
1: me that moment when I'm procrastinating, writing one thing I can, instead of just not writing, I swap gears and write the other thing and then I get bored and I can go back. So
0: that seems like, that. yeah, mm-hmm. that seems like a really good way to do it. The well, switch back, you know, cause mm-hmm. yeah, I can see where a certain project would start to slow down and then you have another one to work on. I, and yeah, I, I don't have that
1: dedication we talked about I've got to switch gears <laughs> and I've got to keep myself entertained and otherwise, I don't know. I'm at the coffee shop too much and I haven't gotten anything done.
0: (laughs) Well, it seems like you get a lot done. seems like you get an awful lot done. Um, The Axe, oh, your company, the Axe and Bow. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you some, uh, it's a lot about internet marketing and uh, social media marketing Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. That's correct. Uh, that because that's something I struggle with all the time. I'm um, here to help. <laughs> <laughs> what so do you to know? <laughs> oh well, actually, one thing is, I did have a question about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you talk about helping people with organic marketing and organic growth, mm-hmm. and uh, I I understand very little, but I it seems like organic growth is a far better way to grow some uh, you know an internet presence than just buying it. So what is, what's, what's the difference there? And, and you know, is it better? Is organic growth better than um, just purchased growth? Cause I've, 100%. you know, I see a lot of both.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So kind of the difference. So what we're talking about when we're talking about organic marketing, especially digitally, is you are bringing people to your, let's say your Facebook page, we can use that or your podcast. So you want to bring those people into to, actually want to listen to the podcast. actually want to give you that like and engage with you and be a part of whatever you're offering, um, be it you know the podcast or you know something that you are down the road hoping to leverage the podcast into, like a book or a a cool series of interesting, you know biographies about people or how to run a podcast, you know, whatever thing you want to sell or how to start your own podcast. just something something that is valuable that you can actually make money off of if it's not the podcast in particular. Mm-hmm. But anyways, you, you want those people to actually be involved with you because that's, that's how you grow for free. So once you get a certain organic growth, it continues. It's like a plant growing you or a tree growing would be a better way to look at it. You actually have something that without you doing much, but watering it, which would be, you know, creating your episodes or any kind of content you have, or just engaging with them. That's, that's watering that tree and the tree is going to grow and you aren't actually spending money. If you do paid growth, you can get some people interested by spending those ad dollars and doing your thing. But if you're buying likes or you're buying views on your podcast, you you spend 20 bucks. You have to spend $20 again to get those people. And at some point, there's, you know, especially early on, you're not getting anything for it. You're spending $20 and you might feel good because your viewers went up or your subscribers went up or whatever it is. But until you hit that certain point, you're not actually going to be able to gain anything and down the road. You can't leverage that audience you have into an actual viable audience that gives you money back for whatever value you're providing. So that's why organic's really important. Is you want to grow for free down the road, and you also want to have somebody that can actually give you, you know, give you shade back. If we're using the tree analogy and too far away, Uh, (laughs) if you just (laughs) pay for it, you're just you're putting up two by fours and you're building a tree out of two by fours, and every bit you do you have to buy a new two by four you put it up and now you just have a big pillar of two by fours. it doesn't do you anything and that was probably one of the weirdest analogies i've done so there's that i think uh...
0: that's a really good analogy though (laughs) because (laughs) what and and i've come to that conclusion in my own Mm -hmm. mind and from Mm -hmm. listening to other um, people talk about uh media growth and stuff because i've spent a a smidgen of money to um to promote just to see what would happen and Mm -hmm. um at my level, especially, but even at, at a medium level, far above mine, you're spending an amazing amount of money to get one person to listen mm-hmm. to your podcast or look at your page or whatever. You're spending mm-hmm. a ridiculous amount because anything more than a penny is a lot. And yeah. so, and then it's not, mm-hmm. like you say, it's not really coming back. You're not building a relationship to with them. Uh, mm-hmm. And I've seen... I've seen a, um, like Twitter accounts, for instance, that have a lot of followers and, uh, you know, the Twitter account has thousands of followers, but then they tweet something and they get no reaction. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, that's a little bit of a hint to me that this was, I don't think this was organic.
1: No, that's a great way to look at it. and And that's exactly the problem. If you are buying those followers, of, you know, Instagram and Twitter, those are good platforms for you to. Let's say sell something on to an audience you have. If you've, you know, in my case, I want to sell a book. If I'm trying mm-hmm. to sell a book and I have a bunch of followers, I can be like, hey, here's this book in one of my posts. And hopefully 10% of them that see that post, which we don't even get into the algorithms, but if I've got a thousand followers and I post that and I'm hoping for 10% buy of who saw it, you're you're talking about maybe one person might buy my book because maybe 100 people saw the post and one of those people will buy it. And if you buy 10,000 likes or followers and you're trying to sell something at that point, you're not able to leverage anything. So where the paid growth does help is maybe not buying the followers or anything, but buying people's eyes where you run an ad or something like that. Once you have a product that you're actually trying to push, then it's worthwhile because you're looking for that direct conversion whenever you're starting off with, you know, something that's free content or, you know, something that you haven't actually tried to sell yet, you've just got to go organically because it gets you a lot further for a lot cheaper. And it's a lot more genuine and people can tell, you know, you can tell whenever there's a Twitter account that's not real and it sours you towards whatever they're doing. And you're like, I don't want this. Like this person cares more about those numbers than about actually giving me what they're promising. And most of the consumers are smart nowadays. A lot of people, and it, it doesn't matter the age range. I mean, if you're talking less than 75, a lot of these people are savvy. They they know what things look like, and they know what the digital age like. There's not that divide anymore between really young people being really good at you know Facebook or Instagram. Everybody knows what it's supposed to look like. Um, my grandparents maybe not, but most everybody that's actually spending money on these platforms they get it. They, they know a fake account. They know a spam or a scam or whatever other bad option is out there that wants their money. They're only gonna engage with the brands they trust or the people they trust if it's a smaller brand.
0: Yeah. That really makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, um, a, a ton of sense. It, mm-hmm. um, I can see where spending money makes sense if you are a huge brand, you know, mm-hmm. if you're a major brand and, and you can buy Uh, And you can pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for Mm -hmm. a funny 15 second video. It's going to pay off, but if you're a small brand or a beginning, you know, you're starting Mm -hmm. out, it's probably not going to pay off because no Mm -hmm. one will know who you are. So it's not the same thing. They can't identify. No one can identify yet. The only thing that's
1: really worth spending money on, especially when you're on a smaller side is awareness. If you can not necessarily try and convert them into spending money with you, but like finding the people who are interested in a specific type of podcast. And it's not even, you're not even going to be looking for them to like your page or anything. You want to get their info. You want to still offer them something usually for free. And you say, Hey, I have a podcast, but if you aren't about that right now or whatever it is, here is X, Y, and Z. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And if you can Mm -hmm. get them to at least engage with you a little bit, that's worth some money because then as you're growing, you can keep reminding them that they're there until they do come to your side. And I mean, it's, even that is pretty low priority if you are doing content creation.
0: Right, right. And and I've talked to some extremely successful people in the podcast world. Podcasts are different than anything. So until they've grown, you know, a fair amount, um, they pretty much grow organically. Like, mm-hmm. organic growth is is pretty much it, And um, unless they start out big. Like, a lot of NPR podcasts are pushed by NPR, mm-hmm. so they start out big. I mean, they, you know, they do a complete media blitz mm-hmm. from the get-go, and yeah, well, I've said this a few times on my podcast, so... If you want to hear more, go back and listen. It's called, Were You Still Talking? (laughs) (laughs) um, But I did want to mention, uh, uh, let me do my little podcast bit now, because we Uh were talking at the beginning of the podcast. I was uh, thanking Andrew for showing up with a microphone. So I just wanted to uh, give a little shout out there to anyone who's thinking of doing a podcast, anyone who is using Zoom Especially if you're a major news anchor. Hello. Hello. Unbelievable. Get a microphone. They're cheap. Uh, I think I said this on my last show, but you you will uh, be able to hear this if you're not watching the video, which probably most people aren't. You'll be able to hear the, the difference in quality of the voice on this episode because he has uh, what kind of mic set?
1: I'm using a blue Yeti Nano. So speaking okay. of cheap, they're, I think it's on sale on Amazon for 80 bucks a lot of the time.
0: <laughs> That's what I thought. They're like a mm-hmm. hundred bucks. And it, it yeah. sounds, to me, it sounds fantastic. It probably sounds everybody as good as my mic. Um, so I'll have to, I'll D-E-Q it. I'll make it, I'll take all the lows out and all the highs. It'll sound, no, I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but I mean, really, if, if you have a you mic know. and you mix it, from what I understand, it's you won't get is it, quite of a range and it's quite of quality, but for most of us listening while we're driving or, you know, I don't listen just sitting in my room with high quality headphones. I'm either at the gym or I'm on the road. I'm not going to tell the difference between a thousand dollar mic and a $500 mic or a hundred dollar mic. I can yeah. tell the difference when they record in a bar or they record on their cell phone or their computer then it's sounds like yes. crap, but
0: <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> absolutely right. And I mean, if I, if my experiment works and you send me the audio file, um, the difference is mm-hmm. too, that with a quality mic like that, I have, there's really good audio to work with. So mm-hmm. it will sound great. So if I add EQ or add compression, it'll make a difference where, if I'm just trying to use the audio from zoom, you know, someone's mic on their computer, unless they have a brand new Mac pro 16 with which was rumored to have a nice mic, but most computers, <laughs> most computers, their mics are just, uh, it's, it's not something they're thinking about yet. Um, now that podcasting is getting so huge, it'll probably be a bigger thing with phones and computers, but yeah, it makes a huge difference when I, um, can mix the audio. If, if it's done through any kind of mic, I mean, I can tell that mic sounds just fine and it's, um, a third of the cost of this mic. Um,
1: well, with COVID, yeah. what are people, what are on oh. any of you people doing without a mic? Like,
0: exactly. <laughs> don't that, make that's your yeah, you. <laughs> exactly. If you, especially if you're a, a high muckety muck, if you're, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're someone who's kind of having important meetings on, on, the on your Zoom. I mean, my wife is, the meetings aren't that important. They're pretty personal, uh, work meetings, but if you're, you know, going to a board meeting. Mm-hmm. You might want to think about getting a mic. No one has to see it. It can be completely out of your mm-hmm. frame and everyone will just think you have an amazing voice and they'll listen to you.
1: Well, even <laughs> let's say you're working entry level somewhere and you're the guy in the meeting that actually sounds good. It doesn't matter what you say. People are like, oh, that guy, he knows what's up or she knows what's up. That they, they sound good and they don't sound fuzzy. And human psychology is so dumb. They will immediately think you're smart and know what you're doing if you sound higher quality
0: than everybody else in the zoom meeting (laughs) that is i think that's totally true yeah oh yeah if someone pops in yes this is bob and what i think is that those gadgets should go out nationally tomorrow oh my god listen to bob absolutely (laughs) i (laughs) I would guarantee (laughs) that is how it will go i've i really believe you i think (laughs) that's
1: true (laughs) it is sad how easy you know it's a halo effect you're tall Mm -hmm. you get this is the new COVID halo if you sound good on the mic and you have good lighting, which excuse my lighting on this video, but sound good on a mic, have good lighting. You are going to be taken more seriously and what you say will be taken as better than than most of your, you know, coworkers or bosses because of the halo effect with your mic.
0: <laughs> that totally makes sense to me. I think it's true. I, I, um, I don't know if I can experiment with that thought, but hopefully, hopefully that's job. true. Yeah. And the, <laughs> right. the idea of lighting too, um, mm-hmm. You see so much terrible lighting on um, videos. Well, yeah, I
1: mean, look at my video. It's, it's like, oh my god, <laughs> I'm embarrassed. With you know, I've I'm sitting on the floor. I've got bad angle. I've got bad light. This but is. But congratulations,
0: it, you have a yeah. new house.
1: <laughs> yeah, there is that. But <laughs> I'm also a walking example of what you don't want to do on a Zoom video. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so don't do what Andrew does. Yeah. Go out, spend twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. And get a professional light. 20 yeah, bucks. I, 20 bucks, well, the folks. I have a real light. I've, See that?
1: They're <laughs> <whoosh>. nothing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, I've,
1: I've got one yeah. of the lights. I've got a, a setup that holds my phone. The whole thing, it's just, they're in storage right now. And it is, it right. was cheap. It was cheaper than, you know, I think, for the mic and a light and everything. I'm talking like $150 tops. Right.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can you can spend five thousand in a minute, but oh. you sure don't need to. <laughs> uh, oh, you, just you with know, lighting, you can get crazy. <laughs> yeah, you can get crazy. Well, I was watching some. You sometimes I watch the top YouTubers um, just to see what they're doing and uh-huh. to see how they got there, and which is a, a nutty thing to do if you're a YouTuber. Don't watch. Don't try and compare yourself. <laughs> but. uh this guy's all about making videos now. He he kind of switched his platform to a lot of his videos are about making them. And here's what I do. Here's my... And so he's like, here's my setup. And I'm thinking, oh, cool. What are you using to set up? His his light's $5,000. Who is it? His light. Now I'm forgetting his name. Um, It's an M. Uh, Oh, geez. I'm is totally it that black sp- guy? The... No, no. He's a, a skinny, skinny Caucasian man with lots of tattoos, lots of energy... Um. He, you know, his videos are are all like this. It's all he's usually, um, but he he does some incredible stuff. He's about feel, any any cut. Everything's a cut. Well, every that didn't yeah, tell you the, anything. that's that's, that's everyone. Now. <laughs> that's ev- everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny watching old movies. I think like it's movies. McKinnon or, or McTiernan. I think it's been too long. I'm looking through my phone to see if there's any. Yeah, it's been it, my history's not even showing it today. It's been too long since I looked at one of his videos. I'm totally, but anyway, doesn't matter. He has enough viewers. Yeah. He has millions of followers (laughs) and he's making, he's one of, I mean, I do appreciate um, people like him because he started out very small, literally started out with an iPhone Mm -hmm. and um, he really worked hard growing his channel. And one of the things he did um, as it started to grow was he just put money back into it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really smart move with you know any kind of enterprise like that.
1: Well, uh, and then once you hit that point, what is a five thousand dollar light? What's
0: four of them? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, cool. where are you? yeah. Where Yeah. Where he's at now? He's probably making in the millions, uh, at least yearly. So a five thousand dollar mic is nothing. Uh, that's the guy yeah. I was thinking of. He's exactly nothing. like that. He does technology and video
1: equipment reviews. Same exact thing. He's like, oh hey, here is my setup today. And it's like, oh, there's a $10,000 camera, $5,000 light, $10,000 light. And he's like, hey, I'm going to see what these two $5,000 light differences are. And oh, look, this one's a little better.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think I've seen that guy too. I think exactly. He, yeah, and and I, I've i been sucked into his videos and it, mm-hmm. yeah. They're charismatic
1: uh, <laughs> and they're so well done because they have such expensive gear. You're like, this is just, it's like watching a movie. <laughs>
0: Exactly. It's like how to make how to make your video look amazing. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Oh, come yeah. on, man. I, yeah, I could easily make a movie with what you're what you're sitting in front of. Like easily, that that could make quite the make <laughs> a feature film with that yeah. stuff. And you're using it to to do what we're doing. Sit in front of yeah. a camera. and, and The price
1: ranges are wild. You yeah. know, Entries nothing, and then the maximum. I don't know and if there's a maximum. There's no maximum.
0: Well, there really isn't because you mm. could go to. Uh, um, I don't see anyone doing this yet on YouTube, but you know, you can go to movie level cameras, which started about 20 grand for the body alone and mm-hmm. then starting adding lenses. And yeah, so there's no, there's no top. There's no top. What's great is where we started with all this BS <laughs> is the, the, the entry level is extremely affordable and, mm-hmm. you know, works just as, works good. It's, yeah. you don't it's need It's great. Much. It really is great for yeah
1: the price points and you know if you're not trying to make a feature film (laughs) or make millions on youtube you're
0: fine (laughs) exactly exactly and uh unfortunately a lot of people are realizing that these headphones which are studio professional studio headphones i've used the same headphones for for years and years Mm -hmm. um these are sennheiser's no they're not yeah sennheiser 280 pros um and i wear them because i want to look like a podcaster and (laughs) and because i want to hear what i'm saying yeah. but uh you can't get them right now because so many people are starting up their stuff are doing stuff like this see i don't have studio like headphones they're sold out. Just... and you don't need them
1: no mine are some bluetooth headphones that were 50 yeah. bucks and yeah. i have an aux cord to plug into the mic and i hear myself fine and it's exactly
0: great. <laughs> they work absolutely fine i, I have studio headphones because i play drums and record drums <laughs> so I want you have a podcast you know, and I, and I have a podcast, but so do you. Take we haven't even talked about it. your podcast. Are you still doing the podcast?
1: Yeah, I am. Uh, mine is, uh, i think I'm on episode nine. We've, you know, put together, but that's the thing. I'm just doing it with a friend and mm-hmm. we aren't really interviewing people or anything like that. So it's really just us. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, my sister sent me this just a couple weeks ago and it's, it was a meme and it said that podcasts nowadays most of these guys are just an excuse to have an intimate conversation with your friend because you know <laughs> boys are emotionally locked off and i was like yeah that's yeah well that's what we're doing <laughs> we're, and- <laughs> we write some stuff and then we uh we essentially have a phone call and record it and we got our two blue yetis and our laptops and drop it in a garage band and now we have a podcast
0: <laughs> i think that's how the biggest podcast in the world started out i i really do it was you know it's just him and his buddy going live to youtube it, mm-hmm. it's now literally the biggest thing on youtube mm-hmm. not on youtube but biggest podcast it's not even yeah. close to the biggest thing on youtube oh my gosh no those kids no, that's are... that kid opening the nerf guns Ex- yeah jerk exactly <laughs> I <wanna do> that <laughs> yeah it's little kids doing things like that that are mm-hmm. that are the top thing on there um but what's the name of i really like the name of your podcast what's the name dead or?
1: by tomorrow yeah
0: dead by dead tomorrow. tomorrow i i like like that and what's the it, concept? It, what's what's the uh, what's the name
1: come from? So that's actually the second. So it all ties together, you know. <laughs> uh, that it's the same friend who helped edit the book, and mm-hmm. his name's Daniel. And we started writing a book together, and we kind of got our first draft finished, and we enjoyed it. But it, honestly, it went back to some of the issues I ran into publishing my first book, and me wanting to do some things more efficiently on the marketing front and just just getting it right the second time at least on that separate avenue on you know the non-fantasy avenue of books and so we wrote this book as i was like hey we we should make a podcast about this we're having these conversations about what we wrote and you know fixing the writing and everything like that so let's let's swap over there's this book called content inc which is really good and it's kind of the concept we're going for and essentially, you build a big content cycle. So we've we've got the book in the process. We're still working on it, fixing it up, editing it, that kind of thing. And that will be what I was talking about, like the value proposition where we try and sell it. So down the road on the podcast, we'll be like, hey, we have a book. If you like what we're talking about, please buy our $5 you know, coffee cup priced book. And if we have enough followers, hopefully that turns into a, maybe not a lot of money, but at least a semi-passive income. And in the meantime, oh, yeah. we get to hang out, talk, do our podcast and that kind of thing, learn some new skills and we do the podcast. And so that's what the podcast is, is it's Dead by Tomorrow is the book. And the whole concept of the book and the podcast is what would you do today if today was your last day? And it's, it's, not, it's kind of the opposite or the, the other side of the YOLO coin that all the kids are about, which I probably shouldn't say that because I have plenty of friends that are about the yellow coin but you know that you only live once let's go drink really hard tonight and oh okay you know that whatever you know it's <laughs> you only live <laughs> yeah. once yeah. i haven't <laughs> heard
0: it i haven't heard that expression the yellow coin okay yeah yeah i, so, well, I was that way as a kid as mm-hmm. well you know mm-hmm. well into oh. my
1: 30s so. i've got people that are yeah. you know coworkers or you know whoever in my age group and that's what they do friday night or <laughs> wednesday night I mean, wednesday through saturday is drink night and it's get blackout drunk, which, you know, I, I just had a cup and glass of wine earlier, but it's not a, a good way to spend your life. If you are just, you know, you're out drinking, you're out chasing, you know, girls or boys or watching Netflix for nine hours a night, you know, that kind of thing doesn't progress you. So dead by tomorrow is kind of the YOLO concept, but with a legacy focus almost, or a, how to use today to move yourself, you know, that, that one step further and you know get things done go on those obstacle course races write that book start the podcast do all the different things that you've been putting off till tomorrow because you're like well that's that's a little more difficult i don't want to mess with that right now when i can go get margaritas with the cute girl next door i'm going to do that tonight and tomorrow i'll start and as we all know because i've done this too it's not like i'm perfect in any way (laughs) tomorrow happens all the time i'm like not today tomorrow i'm gonna do the hard work today's fun and you keep pushing off as soon as it's a habit you're three years deep so that's the whole concept is just doing what you know you should do today and not putting it off till tomorrow i really like that
0: concept (laughs) i mean it it actually goes it towards it sounds similar to what i hear people say when they nearly die Mm -hmm. or when they do die and then they're and they're brought back or something like that and then suddenly they have those
1: huge life changes yeah i'm changing how i do things because i almost died and i want to get something done now
0: right i don't want to waste any more of my life i'm gonna Mm -hmm. you know i'm gonna start um doing something important right across the country or something but yeah yeah Yeah, podcast is a great great example
1: it it takes work right you you have to go find your guests you've got to mix you've got to set up you got to set the time aside and, you know, this is not something that's easy for you. <laughs> and I'm sure starting it was a, a big step forward.
0: It was, uh, it's funny, starting it was easy because <laughs> when I started it, I literally heard uh, on a podcast that, oh, anyone can do this. And so I was silly enough to go, well, hey, I got equipment. Uh, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. <laughs> and I got on the phone with, well, first I just blah. I think my first podcast is just me. So, you know. These podcasts are not a story. No reason to listen to all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't have to go to the beginning. <laughs> you don't have to start at the beginning. Um, but I, yeah, I just started blabbing to myself and I thought, well, that's pretty boring. But of course, being a, um, uh, having an ego, I, probably, I wanted to put it out there. And then I did it one way with a buddy of mine where just mm-hmm. him and I talked because we talk on the phone all the time. So I talked with him on the phone. And I was like, well, that's really fun. What if I uh what if I actually, you know, had some people in and interviewed them and uh, I started out in my studio here and really fun, very um very much like another big podcast where I, I don't worry about um which is not the best move if you're gonna start a podcast. Like your podcast has a theme. That's a really good idea, especially as you know from a marketing point. Uh-huh. I uh, mine is kind of all over the map, but I did I did zone um Zoom in on the idea of um, talking to people who are inspiring, talking to people are, who are doing stuff with their lives. Talk, you know, I, I the idea of your podcast is kind of the kind of thing I'm trying to put out there. Um, I don't talk politics because that is right now not a very inspiring subject. And oh, because no, it's too it doesn't too, matter which way. <laughs> it doesn't matter which way you're going. It's just sad. And it's all about, you know, pissing off the other side. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I, you know, if I had a political podcast or I, it doesn't mean I won't talk politics. I will all mm-hmm. rant all day long, but all that, all that's about is making, you know, making certain people go, yeah, and everyone yeah. else go, you idiot. And yeah. It's a, it's like, a
1: sport now. It's not it, a, it's yeah. not a discussion. It's just,
0: exactly. it's just, very it's weird. sad. It's because mm-hmm. I grew up in a, in a very political family, you know, followed mm-hmm. politics a lot and, and, um. So the, the, the state of it now is like, where do you even go with this? Where do you? Hamilton. We're going uh, that route. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. We we pretty much are. That's true. I'm I'm Uh, ready. (laughs) Sadly. Yeah. It it pretty much are. Um, So anyway. um, Oh yeah. That's what I was talking about. Uh, It got hard right away. Mm -hmm. You know, as soon as I decided, well, I want to put it out then yeah. And no, There was a whole bunch of steps, like, and I love sitting here. This is to me. This is um, keeps me motivated. Like scheduling people is really good because that means I have something to do. Because in this particular time, I don't have a lot to do. Quite honestly, mm-hmm. I play. I'm on the flight simulator a lot, but I, <laughs> I don't have a lot going on. I try and get out every day and and you know move as much as I can. But uh, this talking to people is really. A big part of what keeps me going, keeps me, you know, motivated to do something. And uh, it's great because it is a lot of work and uh, doing the podcast then makes it, it it makes it easier to do the work because I, I have, once I do a podcast, it's like, oh, that was really fun. That was really good. Uh, I need to get this out there so people can hear what, what this person said. And uh, yeah, it makes it, makes life far more interesting So it kind of gives you a sense
1: of fulfillment, it sounds
0: like. A big time, it Mm -hmm. does. And I don't know why, because there's nothing that value. I don't know that there's that much value in it, but it gives me a huge sense of fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And uh, it does feed my ego because mostly, you know, the people who hear it are people I know. And so they say it's great. So I I I understand that. (laughs) Yes. I understand that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but you're right. A lot of those doing things like this, it's it's hard work, but at the end it gives you something, but a lot of people can't process that the long-term result of having finished the podcast episode. And they just, I don't want to, I don't want to record. I don't want to schedule. I don't want to mix. And they can't keep in mind that fulfillment, like what you're getting.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's true. And it, Mm it, um, it's big, a big part of well doing any activity like this is we talked about this, my last episode where, (laughs) a lot of people seem to be starting podcasts because they've been told you should start a podcast Mm -hmm. because you do this, you know, you do it's becoming kind of a business decision for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. It's for, I don't know where this started, but at some point it's like, um, you know, you really should, um, do a podcast to promote your business Mm -hmm. and podcasting started out as just really a way for people to have fun and talk about Mm -hmm. things they love. And I, you know, I, I, my podcast is doing that I'm really I like talking to people uh, meeting new people all the time you know meeting someone from Amarillo Texas uh in the middle of the week just mm-hmm. it's so it's such a random thing and without yeah. the podcast uh, there's you know it probably wouldn't happen I doubt we yeah. would have been on the streets of Texas the odds of us have, getting to have well and getting to have a
1: conversation for that matter right. you know the odds of us running into each other is <laughs> minuscule but let's say we did, there's almost no chance that whatever we're doing out in wherever, we're going to be like, you know what, whatever this was, I'm going to stop. And we're just going to talk for an hour. And then I'll go back to my day. Like you're at the grocery store. You're not sitting down. <laughs> it's not very um,
0: likely, especially hey today through a mask.
1: Yeah. And... <laughs> 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 well, you know, you're at the airport. It doesn't matter you're, yeah. unless you're stuck on a train, which that doesn't happen down here, or a plane or something, which I'm one of those people that doesn't, I don't talk to people on planes, even pre-COVID. I'd, I'd pull out my laptop and I'm working on a book or I'm listening or I'm reading a book or I'm playing a video game. Like, I don't want to talk to the stranger next to me. And yet it's, you can still get something like this conversation. It's really fun. It's interesting, but you've, you've got to build it in nowadays. It it doesn't happen organically in public unless you're really going out to do that and (laughs) getting somebody almost at, you know, with their pants down. You're like, Oh, that person, I'm going to talk to them for a while and they don't even know it.
0: It's true. And actually, that used to happen to me before I had a podcast. (laughs) I I would run into people like that, but Mm -hmm. I'm the same way on a plane. Uh, For one, I think that the other person probably doesn't want me to talk to them. Mm -hmm. Because if they're frequent travelers, the last thing they want is somebody to sit down next to them and start going, Oh, what's going on? I'm from Oregon. We we have a lot of weed up there. You know, it's it's just... (laughs) It's not... It's not like a common thing anymore a long time ago I think people used to talk more on planes and and I've had some good conversations uh, <laughs> occasionally but the also there's always the worry of you sit you're always I know this you know I bet this is true with you too you sit down <laughs> on the plane and you're like, okay, I hope this person doesn't start talking because what if they start talking about x, y or z you know I don't oh yeah I'm that's mean, it.
1: I'm a chicken yeah. i I don't want to have that that cringe-worthy plane ride. I would much rather stay in my comfort zone, play with my phone, and, you know, we all have our stuff now. Heck, 15 years ago, we didn't have that kind of material. But nowadays, everybody's got their $1,000 smartphone and their headphones and more baffling that they won't spend a 100 bucks on a mic, but whatever.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's true. (laughs) And it is a, I've noticed that that is a huge luxury on a plane. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I got, when I bought my uh, computer, I got some free... Uh, headphones. And I i don't like headphones much. Like they drive me nuts, but they're mm-hmm. noise canceling headphones. And man, last couple of plane trips I've taken, it was heaven. You know, wow. even watching a movie on my phone was interesting because mm-hmm. it blocked out most of the noise. I mean, I could still hear the engines, but I could barely hear anyone talking. Well, and the engines are all... almost relaxing. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. With the your noise canceling phones. Yeah, exactly. That It's like white noise. It's just mm-hmm. what a difference. Yeah totally it's cool. true it's a different world it is a different world yeah completely and now and I'm, I'm wondering when i mean i am one of these rare people that love to fly and um it mo- mainly is cuz i don't fly that much like average once a year mm-hmm. so i'm really you know i'm really looking forward to flying again and i'm just not you know, not ready not ready to jump on a plane right now
1: that's fair no you know i haven't heard one way or another i assume they're just empty flights now like i don't know if they're really full and people just aren't talking about it but i feel like this is a good time to jump on a plane because no one else is on it but maybe there's a bunch of people that are thinking that and the planes are actually still full Actually, everything I've heard,
0: yeah, Mm -hmm. I've I've heard people of people who are flying, and I've seen on news reports mostly that they're full. Um, Oh, really? Yeah, for a while. For not watching the news. (laughs) Yeah, well, and that's a good thing. I don't, I don't uh, (laughs) recommend anyone watch the news. I Mm -hmm. I watch it because I'm a crazy person, I guess. But um, the uh, the planes were leaving um, space for a while, and I think just purely for financial reasons they aren't anymore. They're filling up the flights like they always did. They're doing yeah, they're everything. Like the mask they... will totally help. <laughs> <You> <laughs> well apparently <laughs> it it probably will. Because <laughs> if everyone has a mask on, uh, all the evidence is saying, yeah, that'll help a lot. And the news story I saw this morning was the air the um air on the plane is actually cleaner than just about anywhere because they're filtering the air. So
1: Oh see that's the that's what I was worried about. I was like one person, you know, takes off the mask or, you know, does whatever and they sneeze or and now the whole plane is contaminated for two hours.
0: <laughs> right. And that's, that's, that was my worry too. <laughs> but I think I that's actually not true. If you're sitting near that person, like within 20 feet, then yeah, wow. that could be a problem because 20 feet's not, you know, on a plane, that's a lot of the plane. So mm-hmm. yeah, if that, someone- That's a chunk. <laughs> that's a chunk of the plane. That's what worries me. Or just that they didn't wipe it down good enough, you know, somebody that just stood up, um, had uh was infectious and i'm just sat down and that's so, yeah I don't, I don't know i'm not quite ready but it's uh according to the airlines it's safe
1: yeah i trust them a lot yeah
0: <laughs> they it's wouldn't the airlines right money. They why would they do that
1: <laughs> it's not like they started
0: charging for luggage carry-ons <laughs>
1: exactly it's like for no
0: reason <laughs> uh, i don't know uh you know if if there was a really good reason to get on a plane. uh I guess I would, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to jump on there to go to Vegas right now. That's
1: yeah. Well, and that not happening. Everything's still closed everywhere for the most part, anyways. You know, yeah. If I wasn't true. traveling for work, which I haven't. You know, I'm not doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. Everything so, else is just for fun, and nowhere's having fun that I want to go visit.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Everything's shut down. Well, that's,
0: yeah, pretty oh. much everything's shut down, and the things that aren't shut down don't they look? Um, they look a lot less safe than being on a plane.
1: Yeah. haven't looked at Vegas, but I know I saw something about the casinos that they had space at at least the slot machines. And I assume if that goes to the table games, where's the fun? You know, know, gambling's part of the fun, but I'm a craps player and that's the best part is being elbow to elbow with somebody that's winning money with you. Being with all the, yeah,
0: a big, right. The big crowd. I would think that would be a, a lot of the fun of it. And I don't, I mean, I, they may have, uh, closed down again by now. I know they were open for a while. A few of them were trying to open. I'm not sure if they're still open at this point. Yeah. Because, I heard about the opening. You know, I had,
1: didn't hear if they closed or not.
0: Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Oh, wow. Well. Uh, yeah. It, another
1: it, time. I'm not going either way right, right now. Right. <laughs> exactly.
0: Another time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that will be for the future. So are well, you
1: working on your pilot's license or are you just playing flight simulators for fun?
0: Uh, Right now I'm just playing flight simulators for fun, Mm -hmm. fun and frustration. I actually have a pilot's license.
1: Oh, wow, that's cool.
0: Yeah, I always wanted one my whole life. I started flight simming when it was uh, in its infancy. So Mm -hmm. when I started playing the flight sim, it was wireframe. Uh, I played this combat game on a a DOS machine Mm -hmm. where, you know, you would... You would boot into it by typing in the name of the game, <laughs> and you had a floppy. Mm-hmm. and it was literally wireframe. And it was a combat simulator, but I don't care about combat because I, I think combat can be saved for people in combat. That's not something that I find. <laughs> I mean, I don't care if people play combat games, but it always it feels weird to me. So mm-hmm. you did get to land on an aircraft carrier. the The big challenge was to land this f sixteen on an aircraft carrier. So, It was really dorky looking then, and it slowly, you know, I don't know if you've seen new flight simulators, but they're absolutely unbelievable. I got my license like over 10 years ago, and then I wasn't, um, I will never lose my license, but to fly legally, I would have to update it. So I would have to take a couple, about two and a half hours of lessons in flying, and I could Mm -hmm. be flying again. Um, So I do the flight sim because, you know, it's a little bit cheaper. Sure. I can't, I can't say it's free, but it's yeah. a little bit cheaper. And uh, it's really fun. I mm-hmm. uh, also fly helicopters, which is incredibly expensive in the real world. Uh, oh, I can't I, even imagine. Yeah. That's, a, it would, I could never, well, I shouldn't say that. I can't aff- afford helicopters right now. Um, mm-hmm. I would love to get my helicopter add-on one day. So, yeah. the And the new Sims... Um, are really, compared to what I was flying, they're freaking phenomenal. Um, You know, if you're really curious, you can go on my YouTube page. I have a bunch of flight simulator videos. I'll probably go check it out. Yeah, go check it out there. Look at Mm -hmm. the latest couple, because the scenery is getting more and more like the real world. And then there's this new one coming out from Bill Gates' old company. Yep, is it Uh, the,
1: the full earth one where it's like a fully functional map of the earth?
0: Well, it's been that way a long time. Microsoft okay. Flight Simulator, way back in '98 or something, when I first discovered it, you could go anywhere in the world. Um, it, it without buying more scenery to make it look better. It it doesn't look. It looks pretty silly, uh-huh. uh, or did. Now it looks not. It looks pretty okay. And then um, X Plane is the Apple version, but you can play it on PC now. Uh, mm-hmm. It used to be only Apple, but. So there are two simulators that are absolutely uh, very fun, very playable, but there's a new one. The Microsoft dropped its... Everyone's going to be so bored by this point. Microsoft dropped it. <laughs> they're its, asleep. It's okay. <laughs> exactly. They're fast asleep. They don't know what this I'm saying. This is some weird dreams they're having now. <laughs> <laughs> so Microsoft had the kind of the number one simulator with Microsoft Flight Simulator X. So that was 2010, I think. Mm-hmm. And... Ten years ago, they completely dropped the franchise. They actually sold it to a couple other places. And so I still fly that simulator, <laughs> but it was being put out by a different company. Okay. So it's kind of complicated. That uh, does sound complicated. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So they, um, to everyone's surprise, they announced about six months ago that they're coming out with a new version. And it's extremely exciting because the videos of the new version show that they're doing the flight physics correct this time where Mm -hmm. they didn't, before they did it with a computer and they're like, they had four points. Mm -hmm. So you you have a plane and it had a point on this wing and this wing, and it had a point in the back and the front. And those were the points that the computer was using to figure out what happens when you fly. Mm -hmm. Well, every time, uh, every time you move in space and you're in the air, your airplane changes. What it's doing changes and and how it's flying changes, like second by second, by second by second. So their new flight physics has a thousand points on the plane, and that's it's a
1: lot more than four. <laughs> that's a lot
0: more than four. And it's constantly um, you it's constantly computing the physics. so it's it should be a lot more real. every and it looks like a picture of the earth. Like they say you can find your house um flying in it. so, it's That's really pretty cool. I think yeah. I heard
1: something about that because I just, I saw some engine talking about, or they them talking about an engine that had just this massive, high quality image where you could just fly around anywhere on the earth and it should look really similar, something like that. So.
0: I can't remember where they're getting the imagery from. Um, they're actually getting it from some kind of mapping, pro company. It's over two terabytes of information. Wow. So the way they make that possible for you to fly on your computer is they, uh, you don't download it all at once. You just are downloading the area where you are.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they walk off like a hundred miles by a hundred miles or something.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you're still looking at about 150 gigabytes minimum just to, mm-hmm. for the basic simulator, which is a pretty big game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're a gamer, so you know, yeah. you know, that's a, that's a pretty big game and then you can either uh, if you're flying online, it's basically going to download it. Like if you have a, a internet, like I do, mm-hmm. it's going to download as you go. So yeah, it's going to try streaming it's, style. Yeah, it's like a, it's going to stream as you go, and and hopefully keep up with you. You know, we'll see. Keeping our fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. But all the pictures and and videos of it are just mind boggling. And that's like just the beginning of it. They're doing real traffic. They're doing real sounds. Um, yeah, all kinds of crazy stuff so yeah you guys with your
1: airplanes by the way i I still have beef about this now that i learned about it uh y'all don't fly in a straight line it's not like uh you know eugene amarillo you just take the shortest flight there's circles you got to find those like circles to get places
0: that's in commercial aircraft yeah see now that's the interesting thing if you're in a private aircraft you are going a much straighter line if you go in a straight line you're probably going to hit a mountain um cuz you know if you go from here to Amarillo there's some really there are some 13,000 foot mm-hmm. mountains so <laughs> you got to be in a very expensive aircraft to just fly right over those mm-hmm. but you are more that's interesting <laughs> interesting thing you touched on they fly in circles in the big jets because they're going to 40,000 feet and the air is better um in certain spots like the mm-hmm. air is you're you're going to get better air when you fly in this weird pattern, mm-hmm. and you're trying trying to stay away from the other aircraft, which I find well, very, um, uh, you know, <laughs> I think that's a really good idea. Oh
1: yeah, I'm I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> also, I think you're doing something with the curvature, right? On, on yeah, commercial jets. They're yes, trying when to,
0: you're on a long flight, exactly. They're doing they're basically shortening the curvature of the earth by yeah. Using you can't the actually they fall they in use. a
1: straight line. Yeah. on a curve. And it's,
0: yeah, it's, it's, I don't even understand those flights because I look at the flight pattern from, I, um, whenever I can Mm -hmm. go from, to Hawaii. So we're flying Mm -hmm. from San Francisco or Portland to Hawaii Mm -hmm. and I look at their flight path and yeah, it's a great big arc. Yeah. It goes almost up to, yeah. Yeah. And I'm going, well, go straight across the ocean. Why are you going in the arc? Mm -hmm. And I don't actually have exactly have the answer. It's something to do with winds and, um. The, yeah, the curvature of the earth, and because they're way up there, they are usually thirty-five thousand feet is where the cruise little, after. yeah, <laughs> where the little commercial planes fly. Uh-huh. The the big commercial planes, which I've never flown on, like seven forty sevens and three eighties, and mm-hmm. you know the ones that hold three hundred people, they fly at forty-one, and private planes fly. Yeah, you know, the private jets. That the Richie Riches, you know, like the Joe Rogans fly. <laughs> they fly at forty five thousand feet. So they're out of the way of commercial. Basically they, mm-hmm. they're like they're just skipping across. That's a it, fast car in the air. <laughs> yep. It's a fast car in the air. And we don't want to run into you little people, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're in our space with your You're, roads. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, and they just, do have roads in the sky, which is a weird thing. When they're flying, yeah, yeah. It's
1: all weird. It the more I I learned about it, I was just like, I I don't get it. I all my concepts were just off. And so that was the biggest one though for me it was the, the big circles that the flight paths take. Just it blew my mind because I was like, You don't fly in straight lines? That's it's, upsetting to me. It's really
0: mind-boggling, <laughs> it but really it makes, messed with me. It's all about using less fuel, actually. Mm-hmm. It's it's all about conservation mm-hmm. because not because they care about how much fuel they're using for um from a <laughs> you know yeah, Earth standpoint, <laughs> it's all about money. They want to. They want to spend the least amount of money possible. Like every time GE comes out with a new jet engine, and they talk about how it's thirty percent cheap. It's uh, it uses thirty percent less fuel. I'm like, well, yeah, because they want to make more money. It's yeah. it's really not because you want to make an engine with thirty percent less fuel. The, no, they just need yeah. to sell
1: it so they can that bottom
0: line better yeah they want a better bottom line that's that's what it's about
1: if only it translated to us you know in cheaper flight tickets (laughs) exactly be
0: Be nice no yeah Mm -hmm. the airline industry has been screwed up for a while that's another political issue to be honest (laughs) it's all about all about big money in politics that's how that got Mm -hmm. so screwed up and and again the the bottom line because Mm -hmm. yeah the the top people make a lot of money and most of the people in the industry don't make a lot of money, especially when you're talking about the people working in the plane.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: they used to get paid really well, you know, It used to be one of the best jobs out there. And now they, they get paid okay, but not like, not like yeah. things used to be.
1: Pilots are making okay money and then it just goes downhill from and there. And then it,
0: yeah. yeah and from yeah, the beginning pilots, they don't make a lot of money. It's shocking. It came out, um, well, I think it was about 10 years ago now, when there was a, um, an aircraft wrecked. And they it basically was the pilot's fault. And then they started digging into what that pilot, that it was a beginning pilot. He wasn't getting paid much and he just wasn't trained that well on the aircraft he was flying and so he was yeah it is (laughs) terrifying he was exhausted didn't know the aircraft that well so Mm -hmm. when something kind of minor went wrong it ended up crashing and killing people
1: that is so scary and the the way you can just die because of small mistakes like that
0: yeah and on the other hand the the (laughs) i hate to talk about aircraft accidents because no one understands the air the accident rate with aircraft now in the last like at least 10 years Mm -hmm. it is literally so low that they can't get statistics
1: Well, yeah it's it's safer than driving for sure unless you're in yeah what is it korea or it's true maybe russia and yeah, yeah
0: maybe there are some where they're still using 50 year old aircraft yeah and they don't have regulations but in the modern world you know america europe uh most of asia they literally don't have enough crashes to get statistics mm-hmm. about airline crash, airline accidents. It's yeah. That's how low it is. So what, people see one plane crash and it kills X amount of people and they think, wow, that's, that's terrible. I'm never going to fly. But that's out of, you know, a million miles flown that day. that yeah, one well, commercial never happens. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and that's what I'm talking about. Commercial. Yeah. yeah. Commercial. the so air, rare. The accident rate in private is not so good but it's (laughs) (laughs) well it's still tied one of my favorite uh i went to a uh you know safety lectures back when i was learning to fly Mm -hmm. and one of the favorite things that i heard um the instructor was asking all these different pilots if they've been in a certain kind of wreck or if this has happened to them this happened to them and it was great because my instructor or the the flight school that. Owner of the flight school. Everything he asked, she was like, "Yeah, I did. Yeah, that happened to me. Oh, yep, yep, did that." <laughs> You're like, "Why am I?" Here? <laughs> <laughs> like that. Well, it was cool because I was like, "Well, she survived them all, yeah. and most of those things were they were minor." But the point he was trying to make is your aircraft is rarely going to break. Mm-hmm. If you have a crash, it's it's you. You mm-hmm. did something wrong, and that's pretty much what all the statistics um, prove out with small, not not commercial, but with small aircraft is that it's most of the time pilots being really uh overconfident <laughs> they've they've flown too many flight simulator hours and mm-hmm. they're like oh i can do this no problem
1: well and you know at least if if you're flying and you make a mistake it's you killing you it's not somebody else that made a mistake on the road you know
0: it's yeah it's true that's
1: what's scary about driving you yeah. driving along you're like i'm doing everything right and then somebody does something wrong and you that is what's the price.
0: <laughs> yeah. That is what's scary about driving and yeah. Or those truck tires that explode and come Oh, that's at scary
1: you. too. They are going yeah. along and they blow up and, and they wreck your car.
0: I've had them come right. I've had them hit my car. And, really? Well, that I lived in damage. LA for 11 years. So almost anything <laughs> that can fair. happen on a freeway, it's going to happen. <laughs> You're
1: gonna see. At least you all aren't going too fast on the freeway there. <laughs> it's,
0: well, yeah. That, that day I was, but most of the time, <laughs> I mean, it's just bizarre. Um, <laughs> different way different way of life uh, mm-hmm. i've never seen a car fire before or since um on the side of the freeway but i would see them at least once a year see a car sitting on the freeway burning really and it just I, like what the heck happened
1: <laughs> i've only seen a car on fire once and i i was living in a questionable place when i first started and mm-hmm. it was behind a strip club at a one of those one of those apartments that are real cheap oh and yeah yeah one of the one of the girls i guess got mad at some guy and lit his car on fire. So I got up that next morning and there was a car in our alley that was on fire and they were still there fighting. And she, I don't even know how you light a car on
0: fire. I should have asked her, but she was really mad. It's probably easy. It's got a bunch of gas in it. That's true. I guess if you just, yeah, get, yeah
1: especially if you some, smoke. I would yeah. <laughs> well, at a bar. Easy. Grab a bottle at of at ever and yeah, light exactly. it up in the
0: car. <laughs> Poof. That's probably what yeah. happened. There's been a hundred different ways to light a car on fire in, in uh, TV and film. So, y- you know,
1: That's good. I'm going to go uh, start taking notes, just in case
0: I ever got to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Well, I've uh, probably kept you on long enough. Uh, We've been talking a while. This is great. Well, thanks for having me on. (laughs) You are very welcome. Thanks for coming on and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, good luck with your book and your podcast. Um, And I will do a wrap up now. Sounds great. (laughs) You've been listening to, were you still talking? This is Joel Albrecht, and I have had Andrew Monroe on my podcast. Check out his website. Check out Axe and Bow Marketing. Check out his book, The The Leaf and a Pebble. And uh, really great having you on. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much again for having me. It's been a blast. All right. Thanks a lot. And as I always say, be good to each other. That's good advice.